You know, every, um, every service on Sunday, we always pray for another part of our body, um, our, another part of our body being a different church. And um, because even though we really like Boomerang, you know, I, I hope, and uh, even though you, you know, we're here, this is not the only part of our body. Every other church that is a believer in Jesus Christ, they're a part of our body too. And so we, we lift them up. Well, this week's kind of special because we're praying for Albemarle First Assembly and Pastor Bob Groover. And most of you know that uh, Pastor Bob, his wife Shar, just passed away this week. And uh, so this is a new season for them. It's different. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different. You know what they need? They need our prayers. They need us supporting them. Now, it's, we're not <clears throat> like people who don't have hope, you know. I think it's 1 Peter 3.15 says that we are a people that even when someone passes away, we have hope, yep. right? What, and hope, we talked about that a few weeks ago, is a joy, a confidence, an expectation, not like a, well, I hope something happens good. That, you know, that's just luck. No, this is, we have hope. We, we should have joy when a believer goes home to be with the Lord. And so we need to be the kind of people to say, look what God's going to do. And think about her. It says to die is gain for a believer. She has gained like ain't none of us gained. And, uh, and that's awesome. But it's also a time where it's gonna, they're going to feel a gap, right? They're going to feel something that they were used to that's not there anymore. And you could see that, that people were just, they were already missing her, and I know Pastor Bob is. And can you imagine, you know, going back in front of his church this morning and having to not have his sidekick, not have his lover, not have his, his partner with him. And so let's lift them up. But not just Pastor Bob, because there's some people that saw her as mom. You know, there's some people that saw her as a spiritual support and a sister and, and a spiritual mother like that, and they're going to be missing her, right? So let's lift them up. If it was you, how would you want people to pray and believe for you? And let's pray that way this morning. So, Lord, right now, we just lift up Albemarle First Assembly, and we lift up Pastor Bob Groover. Lord, let your love pour out on them. Oh, Lord, let your love manifest in their lives in ways they have never seen before. Let your peace be felt. Lord, let your peace be the peace that passes understanding, that they, that they seriously are sitting there looking back and going, I have no logical reason why I have held, felt the peace and the strength that I have except for the love of God. Lord, we just ask right now that they would be strengthened with all might, that they would be undergirded, that, they would, that your supports in the Spirit would be put in place in every way so that they don't feel the gap, they don't feel the loss in a bad way. That they have everything that they need. Lord, let the life of Albemarle First Assembly explode in that place. Let the life overflow in that place. Lord, right now, we just ask that they would have a special anointing of healing. A gift of healing would come out of that place. And life would manifest in their mortal bodies, Lord. 
We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we praise you for the love that you're pouring out on them today and each day after this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Doesn't it, you know, we get to pray, but doesn't it feel right when we're praying like that for other people? Doesn't it just, there's something so right about that. And, um, Thank you for not only being, you know, being here and being a part of the Boomerang family, but thank you for your heart that wants to lift up other people besides just us. You. Yeah, that considers other people higher than themselves. And I wanted to give you a report. I'm not sure the actual total of water that we gave away, but I think it was around 25, 26 cases, something like that. Or is that close? Yeah, a bunch of cases of water. We gave away some water. And... Uh, how many? 29 cases, he says. Amen. So, uh, and just for free, we were letting 1,600 bottles of water. Praise God. Amen. And what we also just did is sent 50 cases down to Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. So uh, down to South Carolina to give them water. They're going to pick that up on Monday and send it down. So that's what y'all have done. Uh, and, you know, when we were out at the fair, it wasn't about us not trying to be about us. It's trying to not, not accepting anything for that. Look, we just want to do what God's done to us, love on you for no price. And that's what God did to us, and we just want to show that. And that's, it's awesome. And so that's, that's what it's supposed to be about. You know, it's not always about us. It's about other people. It's about, you know what, there was a, a testimony that we had that Barrett had. I shared it uh, on uh, the Voxer group that we have. And if you'd like to be, if you have a smartphone, there's an app called Voxer with a V, as in victory, uh, Voxer. And uh, if you get on that and you send us just your username, we'll add you to the Boomerang group. We also have a prayer group and all kinds of other stuff on there. And you can just keep up with the updates. And one of the things that we sent out was a testimony where a guy just came up and he was crying and the youth were able to pray with him the other night. And he was just blessed by the love of God. It's not us alone. It's God moving through us. And God longs to do that all the time. That just gave us opportunity to do that. And that's what we're here for. That's what the church is supposed to be here for. To be there when somebody has a lack, when somebody has a need, and we stand up and we know how to feel that in God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's been a great week for that. So this morning, <clears throat> we're starting a new series, uh, probably... Uh, I say this with a smile, uh, hopefully a short series, uh, called uh, Shepherd. And it's just talking about what is a shepherd and what is a pastor and do we need one. Today we're talking about why do I need a shepherd? Why do I need a pastor? And uh, the, October is uh, Pastor Appreciation Month and I cannot tell you how much I appreciated uh, what y'all did last week. That was really beautiful and um it just really touched Nicole and I, and, and I still haven't read through all my notes that I got, which is awesome. I'm like, there were so many of them, I didn't, I didn't have a chance to get through all of them. And um, I'm looking forward to finishing them, and I just praise God for y'all because that was really awesome. And um, I don't think I've ever felt in Boomerang like I felt last week, and it was really good. So I appreciate it. But uh, what the Lord, we're getting ready to have a series called Proof. And that'll probably start in November, and uh, I'm looking forward to that one. That's an important series, proof. And um, 
But one of the things, you know, leading up to that, I was like, what are we going to do before that starts, Lord? I'm not. And I kept kind of hearing this. I want, I want you to tell, talk to them about a pastor or talk to them about a shepherd. There's some stuff I want to draw out. And I didn't really realize how much until I started digging in this week. And all of a sudden, I was like, there is a bunch of stuff in there. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to giving it. But, you know, let's just jump in. You know, what is a pastor? What is a pastor? And all of us think that we know probably, but what is a pastor really? And this is a quick answer for you. A real pastor is Jesus' answer to a problem. A real? There we go. (laughs) It really works now. Amen. A real pastor is an answer to Jesus' problem. I need need the oil changed, Jeff. Thank you. Changing the batteries out. Thank you. If I, if I pop up on one side or the other, though. All right. So a real pastor is Jesus' answer to a problem. There was a problem. Let's look at Matthew 9.36. This is really funny, me preaching while you're standing behind me. Changing. Yeah. Am I good now? Hey, Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Matthew 9.36 says this. It says, seeing the people, this is Jesus, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Distressed means that they were troubled and dispirited. Uh, If you see it on your notes, uh, you can pull it up on your phone too at boomerangchurch.org slash notes. But you can see we're dispirited. And this is my definition based off of what I read over. Is Dispirited means scattered and without morale. Their morale is low and without unity. In other words, they were scattered, troubled. They were in a low place and they had no unity. This was going on any time that somebody didn't have a shepherd. Now, a pastor, you know, the word pastor is really only mentioned like once in the Bible. But the word that it's derived from, what it literally means is shepherd. And so what a pastor does and what a shepherd does is he brings the sheep out of this place. And without a pastor, they're going to be in this place. They're going to be troubled. Without a shepherd, they're going to be troubled. They're going to be dispirited. They're going to have low morale. They're going to be scattered about, no unity. You know, if you're scattered about, can you get together as a force and do anything? No. You've got to have a unified purpose, a unified direction in order to actually move things as a force. Well, God intended the body of Christ to be a force. But without a shepherd, there's disunity. They're scattered. And all of a sudden, everybody, everybody, here's what they are without a shepherd. They're out there all by themselves. They're lonely. And they're thinking a lot of times, why me? Why me, Lord? And that's what happens when they don't have a shepherd. And I want to, let me point this out very, very early, that just because you're in church doesn't mean you have a shepherd. Number one, they might not be a shepherd. There's a bunch of churches where they're not shepherds. 
Number two, you might be in a church, but you've never committed yourself to a shepherd. Matter of fact, if you start feeling the why me and I feel so lonely and all that stuff, a lot of times it's simply because you're not allowing the shepherd to be a shepherd in your life. And so in other words, you're not going to them. You're not asking. You're not, you know, a shepherd is there for a reason. When we start, if you start feeling any of this, this is the fruit of not being connected properly to the shepherd. Well, that's amazing. You know what? I lived probably half my life in that place. Did not understand the importance and the beauty of the gift of a shepherd in my life. A true shepherd will bring peace, they will bring strength, and they will bring unity to men and women. You know, just throw that out there. <laughs> mankind. When I say men, I mean mankind. It'll bring strength. They'll bring peace, and they will bring unity. In other words, they're going to take away what was missing without a shepherd, and they're going to give that to you. In Ephesians 4, it says that Jesus gave the gift of a pastor. It shows us that when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. He gave gifts to mankind. And one of those gifts was a pastor. It was a shepherd. And so Jesus was saying, look, I'm looking on these people, and they're scattered. They're dispirited, and it's hurting his heart. And so in otherwise, what, what happened was once he was lifted up, and he was put at the right place, he said, now let me send gifts to solve a problem. Let me send gifts to mankind so that they won't have to be like that anymore. And the gift in this particular circumstance to solve this particular problem was a shepherd. To bring peace, to bring strength, and to bring unity. The interesting thing about a gift, though, is it doesn't have to be received doesn't have to be received. There's a whole philosophy right now that says, I can have church all by myself at home. And it's wrong. It's completely wrong. It's such a deception. The Lord says, hey, don't forsake the fellowship of the saints. And the whole purpose of that is not to put you under somebody's authority and you've got to submit to them only. And, and, and the world has twisted that anyway. When you understand true submission and authority, it's not scary at all. It's not bondage. It is beautiful. And it is powerful. And the devil has deceived us out of that thing. It's not to get you to submit to an authority only. Only it's to get you out of the place where you feel alone. That's right. yeah. Where you feel like I don't have any help. That's, right. That's why he gave shepherd. But you don't have to receive it. You can sit at home. You, cannot ever, you can go to church but not ever commit to a shepherd. I'm not going to allow that. In other words, I'll sit there and I'll listen. He's got good message. But I'm, I'm never... And, our actions, most people would never say this, some people would, but most people would never say this, but they would say, I'm not going to let him be my shepherd. I'm not going to let him shepherd me. Because I'm, I'm not under anybody. I'm under the great shepherd. I'm under Jesus. You're missing the point. If Jesus didn't want you to have a shepherd, he wouldn't have given gifts to men. He just said, I'm it. You don't need anybody else. You can sit all by yourself on an island. There's no need for me to send gifts to men because you just need me. But that's not what he said. 
He said, you will receive me through the gifts that I give. That was the plan. The kingdom of God is based on love, and that love involves a choice. God is not going to force you to be in a flock, and he's not going to force you to commit or submit to a shepherd. But his gift of a shepherd shows our need for one. When he said, I want to give a gift to men, what Jesus was saying is, men need a gift. Men need a shepherd. You know, in that same Ephesians 4, you got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We need all of them. We need all of them. We need all of those gifts operating. In this particular series, we're focusing on the shepherd, but if God gave us a gift, then what God's saying is men need something. They have me, but this is a part of me manifesting myself to them. When we start to recognize that and say, hey, I do need a shepherd, all of a sudden we can walk out of the places of scattered disunity and walk into the place where unity happens. We can walk into the place where strength comes, where peace comes, where we step out of troubled areas and we step into the peace of God. It's a part of God's plan. You know, in 1 Peter 2.25 it says this, and, and, and here's the context. If sheep were left alone... This is what sheep do. For you, will, you were continually straying like sheep. In other words, you leave sheep alone without a shepherd and what's going to happen? Well, they just like got a mind of their own. They're like, hey, look over here. There's some good green guys. And oh, let's go over here. And, and all of a sudden they're wondering, well, why does my life seem to be going in circles? Because there's no leading. There's no shepherd. They're just all over the place. It's what sheep do. I remember when I was getting ready to, to be a pastor, and my pastor at that time, he recognized the call and recognized that it wouldn't be long before I'd be shepherding people. And he said, listen, Brian, I need to tell you something. He said, it's very important about sheep, okay? I was like, yeah. He like, sheep bite. <laughs> I have found that to be true. They do bite. Yeah. You know, they can bat all they want to, but every now and then they'll rear back some teeth and bite. That's part of a shepherd. Super kids having fun. Amen. Did you hear that? Whoop, whoop. But sheep also stray. You know, this is not entirely true, but just when the Lord gave a pastor and called him a shepherd in his word, he was showing us some of the function that we have and that we need. A sheep has a need for a shepherd. And when God called us sheep, instantly that showed us our need to have one. When he said, I've given you gifts of a shepherd, it shows our need to have one. If left alone, sheep will do this. They were continually straying like sheep. But now you have returned, the sheep have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls, talking about Jesus. What's important in this verse is it shows who must make the choice to receive the gift of a shepherd. It's the sheep that heard the leading of the Holy Spirit that had now returned to the shepherd. 
In other words, the shepherd can be in place. God places and you know, sets up his body. The shepherd can be in place. But it's up to the sheep now to say, I choose this shepherd. But you don't just choose a shepherd because he speaks good. But you, know, you don't just choose a shepherd because you like their building or you like their worship. No, 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 no. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says that God has placed the members in the body. And so the person that does the placing is God. The person who does the listening and the obedience is the sheep. So the sheep goes, Lord, where's my place? And you know what? Your place under a shepherd might actually be somewhere you don't want to be. It might be where you want to be. It might be, but a lot of times it's not where you're comfortable. Matter of fact, if you are comfortable, you might not actually have a shepherd. Bam! Take that. John's giving me a smile. He, he just he, he got me. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, a shepherd's going to correct your path. And so, in other words, you know, how many people, you know, let me see a show of hands, everybody who likes to be corrected. Oh, nobody. What's up with that? Once you learn, you learn that correction's really good for you. Matter of fact, it really does help you. But how does it feel to your flesh? Yeah, not so great to your flesh. Well, that's good because your flesh is against your spirit. So if it feels bad to the flesh, generally it means it's really good to your spirit. To the real you, to the real person. And there's a lot of strength and peace to be taken from knowing that I have a shepherd that has overwatch over my life and is able to say, hey, you're about to fall in a ditch. Man, I need, you know, every now and then my pastor, Pastor Gene uh, Alexander, he's at First Assembly in Rockingham, and every now and then he'll just send me a text and be like, hey, I was praying, and I believe the Lord showed this to me. You know? And I'm like, praise God. This shepherd, the Lord's given him vision over my life. He's given sight in, into me. And every now and then he may say, hey, watch out for the hole. There's a trap coming up. Watch out for it. I see it. I see it. Yeah. And so I'll say, amen. And I'll start being alert and watching. And I, and I take comfort in that. I don't have to know everything myself. This is the beauty about a family. This is the beauty of a unity in a body, in a flock, is that I don't have to know everything. I can rest that God has a plan. God has an order. And even though I am a shepherd, I'm still also a sheep. And I've got to submit to my shepherd as well. And I've got to seek him out. And I've got to submit and commit to him. And when I do that, there's a beauty and a power that happens. And all of a sudden, he can see things in my life that I don't see. You know, one of the things about a shepherd, I wasn't planning on doing this today. And, oh man, do I want to call somebody up for this. But we'll just leave it alone. But imagine I'm a shepherd and, I'm a sh- and there's a sheep right here. There we go. All right. And here's the thing. There it is. <laughs> Let's imagine that there's a sheep right here. See, normally Roger's on the front row and I just point and he'll do it. So imagine there's that sheep. Now here's the thing. Can that sheep at this level, can he see, you know, a mile down the road? No. no. But the shepherd can. Yeah. 
Not only that, that sheep may or may not have ever been in that place before, but the shepherd generally has. Just when he called us sheep and shepherd and talked to about us being a flock, he showed us a workings of his will, a workings of his grace to be able to say, look, you're not always going to know what's coming up. That's why you've got to have a shepherd. You've got to have this relationship, this fellowship that is two parts. I mean, it goes back and forth, but you've got to have this fellowship so that you all as a whole become united as a force. You miss the traps of the enemy. You step out of the troubled areas and into the peace of God and you move right where God wants you to be. It's a beauty. If we choose to get in our place, to get in our flock, to get under a shepherd that God has chosen, this is available to us. Look at Psalms 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Under a shepherd, not just Jesus himself, but under a shepherd, these are the things that are available. This is how Jesus gets it to you. Under, you know, when you're with a pastor that is your pastor, you're in your place, you start to see the Lord, the Christ, through his under-shepherd, through that pastor, being able to guide you and to shepherd you. We need the shepherding of Jesus. It says, I shall not want. In other words, I don't have any lack. How many of you have ever felt lack before? You know, all these things we've experienced, and a lot of it goes back to we haven't gotten in our place, and we haven't allowed God to put a shepherd in our lives that we would commit to. We'd just sit on the fringes, listen to a message, and hope magically it would work in our lives instead of engaging the plans that God has for us. Instead of entering in, humbling ourselves to say, God, your plan's going to work better than mine. I accept that. I need a shepherd. Verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. This is, this is talking about when it's only, my understanding is, it's only when sheep are full and satisfied that they lay, lie down. In other words, you will be filled. He leads me beside the quiet waters. This is not just rushing waters and really loud stuff that you can stumble in and, and get you know, washed away in the world's ways and in the world's troubles but he'll lead you to a place where you can take the nourishment of water in peace and in safety you can be nourished in that place verse 3 he restores my soul or he restores my mind have you ever been in a place in your life where you just needed some peace in your head and you know, you might be sitting there today and saying, I need some peace in my head. I can promise you, no matter what your spiritual level, in the future, you're still going to have more areas where you need more of the peace of God. Because here's the thing, I guarantee you the peace of God that you have in your head right now is not even comparable to the amount of peace that He actually has available to you. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can walk right through the middle of death. I fear no evil. Remember, this is what's available to sheep who have a shepherd. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and staff are for guidance and protection. Protection, beating off the wolves, you know, and, and guidance to keep us from falling into a ditch or off a cliff. You know, here's the thing about all of this, and I, I, I'm giving you some homework. I never do that. I hate homework. Anyway, um, the, I'm giving you some homework. Read back through this and see, look for the areas where you have to accept it. For example, right here, the rod and the staff. In order for the rod to keep you, to guide you away from trouble, you have to accept its course correction when it pushes you on the side. In other words, in order for me to be able to shepherd in your life, when I tell you, hey, you're missing it, yeah. you got to be willing to say, okay, let me check that out. Let me look into my heart. Let me, be, let me humble myself and see where I'm missing it. You've got to allow yourself to be shepherded. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. How many people want the power of God in your life? In order to be anointed, a big portion of that comes through a shepherd. My cup overflows, again, with a shepherd. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And these are awesome, awesome things. But the whole context of it is that I have a great shepherd. And Jesus said, it's not just me alone. I'm going to give you the gifts that will help shepherd you. I'm going to give you the pastor that will help shepherd you, that will help guide you. They're not the answer by themselves. They can't do it by themselves. But through me, if they are what I've called them to be. If they are truly a pastor, a shepherd, they are my under-shepherd. If they are truly that, they are a gift to the flock. They are a gift to the sheep that will lead them in the fullness of these things. But it's a two-way street. It's a two-way fellowship. One, they have to hear from God and be in position themselves. And then the sheep have to say, this is my place. I've heard it from God. I'm being obedient. And I commit to a flock. And I commit to a shepherd it goes both ways these are not things that you walk in without a shepherd these are not things that you walk in without a pastor you can have bits and pieces but you're not going to walk in the fullness of it all the time having a shepherd is an integral part of God's plan for our life the question is how did Jesus determine to get us the promises of Psalm 23? Did Jesus think that he was the only shepherd that mankind needed? If he did think that he was the only shepherd, then he wouldn't have given us the gift of a pastor in Ephesians 4. In other words, he's the power source, he's the answer but in his answer, he laid out a track where he gave gifts. He gave the pastor. He gave the shepherd. Jesus' plan was to be the great shepherd as he gifted under shepherds to men to oversee and guide his flock to the place of peace, strength, and unity. You need a pastor. You need a shepherd. 
But God leaves that choice of submission and obedience to you. He leaves that choice of submission and obedience to you. Let's just stand up. Now here's the thing. God will prompt you. God will lead you. He'll prompt you to a shepherd. He'll lead you that you need one. He'll lead you to a shepherd. He will speak to your heart. He will speak to your shepherd's heart. Most of the time when people, I uh, meet people, like most of you actually, I knew when I met you that you were supposed to be at Boomerang. Most of you I knew that. When I first met you, God spoke to my heart and said, you're the shepherd. He'll prompt you to get a shepherd. He'll lead you to that place. He'll speak to your heart. He'll speak to your shepherd's heart. He will even make you to know your pastor's voice. In other words, it's almost like when your shepherd starts talking. And this is not an absolute thing because we can miss it. But a lot of times people will experience this. When their shepherd starts talking, something just starts moving in them. Yeah, right. they, it's like, man, that speaks to me. Yeah. That moves me. That motivates me. And his voice gives me peace. It brings me unity. Yeah. And for you, it'll be different for somebody else. You know, it's just we spoke about First Assembly this morning. There's people there that they could come in here and they are not moved by my voice. But they go to First Assembly and see Pastor Bob and it moves them. They know his voice. The, Lord, the Lord's doing that. It's part of his leading you to the right place. Here's the question. How will you respond? Will you submit yourselves to God's plan? Just close your eyes right now. How will you respond? Will you submit yourself to God's plan? Not my plan, God's plan. Will you receive your shepherd? Will you receive your gift? Will you walk in God's plans of goodness for your life. It takes a choice and commitment to shepherd. It takes a choice and a commitment to be a flock. Will you submit yourself to God's plan? And so many times we've gone to church all of our lives, but we really have never allowed anybody to be a shepherd. Maybe we've never even asked God, God, where do you want me to go to church? Who do you want to be my pastor? Who do you want to be my shepherd? I see it as a part of your plan, but maybe we've not even asked him that. Some of you are saying, man, I know who it is, and, I, and I'm in the right place, and that's good, but maybe you haven't fully submitted yourself to be, to be shepherded, to be pastored. And you still have felt that lack when the Lord is wanting you to bring you to a place of, I shall not want. The walk of Christianity is a humility. 
It's a submission to Christ. Not to a man, but Christ in the man. To God's plans. And if we will submit ourselves to the plans of God, oh man, will he take us to some places. And it's awesome. Generally, God has placed in us a help that's waiting on us to humble ourselves too. Will you submit to God today? Will you seek Him? Will you follow His plan for your life? Lord, I just ask right now that you would reveal yourself and reveal your plans to people. I ask, Lord, that they would see clearly, that their eyes of understanding would be enlightened, like your word says in Ephesians chapter 1, to the fullness of your inheritance that you have for, for them. I ask, Lord, that they would be strengthened with all might to commit to your plan, to commit to, to the place that you have for them, to commit to everything. Lord, we need a shepherd, myself included. I need a pastor. Simply because it's a part of your plan for me. We all need that because it's a part of your plan for mankind. It's your gift. Lord, we receive that. Right now, I just feel like in your heart, you should just almost picture yourself with Jesus standing in front of you, handing you a gift, and you saying, Lord, thank you. I receive it. I'll honor it. I'll treasure it. I'll value it. I receive a shepherd, and I receive a pastor. Lord, I thank you for humble and honoring hearts to do all of your will in every way. I praise you for the places of peace and strength and unified force that you are taking your body to. Thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for your gifts. Thank you for pastors. Thank you for shepherds. We honor them because you honor them to us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So whatever the Lord, he may be telling you to do on that. Search your heart right now as we dismiss. Search your heart and say, Lord, what would you have me to do about that? Seek him. And then don't wait. Because the devil, oh man, he will get you to logic out some stuff and rethink some stuff. But the heart of God will say, go. Do what I've told you to do. If you've got to tell somebody something, if you've got to do something, if you need to repent to him, whatever he's leading you to do, you just say, Lord... I'll do it right now. I'll do it right now. I'm not waiting for the devil to get me confused. <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. Lord, I just thank you so much. I just ask for your blessing to be on your flock. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day.